What up, what up? I'm Adrian Young. I'm Ali Shaheed Muhammad. And we are The Midnight Hour. And you are listening to Mega Late Show. Get into positions of power and then they claw frenetically as they can to maintain that power. And every once in a while you have a Jeff Bezos that's gross too. (laughs) 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 All right, but yeah, yeah, here we go, here we go, man. Uh, yo, welcome back to the Mega Late Show, Tokyo Hip Hop Art and Culture. This is episode number 125, I think. Yes, it is 125. I am Mega, the host. Uh, the Mega Late Show is a bi-weekly, meaning two episodes come out every week. Um, Tokyo-based hip-hop podcast. It also focuses on art and culture here in Japan. I am the host, Mega. Did I say that already, guys? Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe so. I-, I forgot my train of thought and everything because I was just thinking about all the things we were speaking of earlier. But yeah, um, yo, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I want to go ahead and say before we get started that this episode is brought to you in part by my good guy, Soul Dope 95. Uh, he's a beat maker from the Inland Empire. See, I corrected myself since the last episode. And um, all the beats in the background are his. I'll have him pinned to the show notes. So make sure that you go check out his music. He's phenomenal. One of my favorite cats right now. And uh, yeah, also returning today is a previous guest of the podcast whose episode was well received and i really enjoyed personally uh episode 115 i've been calling him lex and i just will continue to call you lex but you want to introduce yourself please tell us your name and then some of the things that you do all right first of all thank you for having me back it's much appreciated my name is alexander hunter i go by lex also lex caliber uh, I'm an actor based in Japan. I do on-screen acting and voice acting, and that's my main hustle. Um, I do. I got a show on Instagram that is very inconsistently uploaded. It's called The Random Show. I do that with Marcus DJ Elspade Johnson, and we kind of discuss random topics, sometimes light, sometimes heavy. Recently, with all the racial stuff going on, we've been doing some racial episodes, and uh, that's about it, man. You also do push-ups and shit, which I, I don't have to point out to anybody that sees you. Well, but, yeah. I do about a push-up a day. That's my at goal. At least one. I mean, yeah, yeah, me and Vinay are on that same routine, right? But the, that, I don't know. I feel, I, I should I be uh, offended by this uh, trainer? I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> nah, you just nah, assume nah. I don't do push-ups? No, no, you and I probably do about the same amount of push-ups <laughs> and, as him. One a day at least, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's the goal, man. Uh, just, that's just, what if I can fit in one a day, then I'm satisfied. <laughs> Coronavirus has me on a whole different body type. I've really crossed over into that super luminal dad bod area of the cosmos. Like, I'm getting all that. But, I mean, you know, no complaints. I've, I've been liking my food. So, yeah. There you Thank go, you man. again for joining us. Yeah. But yeah. One thing I want to get off my chest, actually. The last time that I was here, we talked about black movies that we liked, mm. if you recall. Yes. I was... Or rem- what was what was a black... What constitutes a black film. Right. right? Now, I, I was very remiss because I did not mention one of my favorite black movies. The Five Heartbeats. Oh, yeah. Yes. A classic. Yes. Classic. And after the podcast, I realized, shit, I didn't even mention the five heartbeats. Mm. It's been on my mind since then. So you called me back with something okay. for me to, you know, get it off my chest and relieve that stress. I'm glad you cleared that up. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, yeah. you know, doing a podcast weekly, I find myself having to clear things up consistently. Right. Like, remember I said that one thing, I'm a different person now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm not a, I'm sorry, I hope this isn't a offend, but I'm not a mega late podcast completist, so I haven't, I, I, hadn't, I haven't listened to the episode about the black films. What were your, some of your, couple of your top picks? Oh, man. Uh, there was. Well, I don't know if we really got into like the actual picks that we like. We we're trying to figure out what a black film right, would right, be. Right. right so right, it's like, right. does it, is it because the director, the cast, the story? Like, would um, Django be a black film since right. it's a black, like you know, yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. about like like this alternate revisionist history of like the black experience, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah, so yeah. So made yeah, by yeah. a white Yeah, dude. right. Right. And exactly. so that's what we're trying to pin down because somebody yeah. asked, like, what's your favorite black films? And, you know, I think, like, one of the blackest films of all time is probably Black Dynamite. Yeah. And that's up there for me. Yeah. But, you know, coming to America, black film, right? right? Hey, you know white what's director? really underrated? Life. Oh, yeah. Yo, and the soundtrack for Life was yeah, pretty yeah. fire, too. Yeah, yeah, actually. Even, like, the, the main song, That's Life. I, I'm not going to try to Casey sing. Casey and JoJo? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I was about to try to sing, but then I realized my limitation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but th- that's, a, that's a great one. And, and the person, let me go ahead and introduce you, uh, and I'll allow you to introduce yourself um, so we can continue talking. People are like, who is that mysterious voice? Um, but, yeah, uh, Vinay Murthy. Did I pronounce that correct? Yes, you did. All right, Vinay Murthy. You did your homework. And and I, I would like to give a shout-out to my guy Alexander Camp, who is a comedian who's been featured on a podcast several times. Most recently, I want to say, like, episode 94. He's a comedian. Oh, and episode 26. But I, I asked him, I said, I wanted to talk to more comedians out here, people who have been, um, you know, working the comedic circuit in Tokyo, and he said that one of the most um, senior people, <laughs> I don't know if he used senior, but he said one of the more OG type of people who has been uh, performing comedy out here before there was kind of a this, this kind of new boom that happened over the last few years is Vinay. And I look back and you've got videos going back, you know, 10 years doing comedy in Japanese and in English. So I, uh, you are a comedian, uh, but would you please describe yourself and, and maybe tell us more? Sure, yeah. Uh, my name is Benai, like, uh, like Mega said, and uh, I'm originally from the U.S., from SoCal, uh, but I've been, out, hey. but I've been out, ba- out in Japan for 19 years now. Wow. Yeah. Um, you got permanent residency? Of course. I yeah. don't, actually, oh, but I'm probably applying this, okay. this year, next year. Like, I, just, I just had to renew my visa because it was running out actually runs out in like three days oh. uh and you need over a year on your visa to apply for prs so okay once i get the renewal then i can apply for PR. Oh, uh, 19 years is pretty wild. it's a long story why i don't yeah. have it yet okay <laughs> i won't get into that <laughs> uh, i'm sorry to cut you off but no yeah, worries continue. yeah uh i actually i came out here originally on the jet program which is like a teaching program that you do in the countryside i lived in the rural areas of japan for a few years and then i moved down here to tokyo been here for a while and i do kind of the same job as uh as Zan, I'm just kidding. I, I, I was saying that <laughs> there's so many different ways. We, we mentioned last Durr, podcast. I'm going to call you Durr. Durr. Al. Durr. You can do Al. that. Durr. Yeah. No, no. Lex. 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 Uh, uh, I'm, I'm primarily a voice actor, narrator, but I oh, wow. al- also occasionally do on-camera stuff if something happens to come my way, but mainly I do voice acting narration. And But on the side, uh, I do stand-up comedy, improv comedy, um, started doing stand-up just on a whim in Tokyo about 
14 years ago, maybe. Wow. Um, and yeah, there's been a lot of changes in the scene since then, which I'm sure we'll get into. Sure. Ha- would would we have heard your voice on anything in particular? Have you done anything big? Um, let me think. Uh, I mean, I was the voice on a popular kids show for a few years, but that ended a, 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 a I think about three years ago, four years ago. Okay. Uh, Ego de Asobo, this NHK kids show. I okay. voiced one of the main characters on that. So if you're a ja- if you have kids in Japan who are now roughly aged seven or old, like seven to twelve, they would they would be excited by oh they by just hear you <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> got that street oh, cred with the chillings that's really dope okay <laughs> and then uh, yeah I don't know I've done a couple commercials I just did a uh, I just sang on a couple songs for the uh, for the Japanese soundtrack for the Trolls World Tour movie. Okay, <laughs> so you sing? I don't. I'm. I mean, I'm not a singer either. Like you mentioned earlier, you're not like a professional singer. I'm not. Definitely not. I'm not either. But, but you know, I, I enjoy singing, and I I don't think I'm that good at it. But, but every now and then a singing job will come my way for some reason, and I'm not gonna say no. Sure. Hey man, don't say no to that money. Hey, that's uh, interesting. Man. Yeah, but it was it was weird because it was like when I went to record it, it was me and like four other guys. Uh, and they were all like proper singers, oh. so I felt really out. They're of, like doing vocal warm ups. Well, they like were like, <laughs> <laughs> they like they're professional you gospel singers, you know, oh, like gospel. Wow. And and you know, I'm like basically, uh, I don't know. I, you're I, a, you're a guy. Yeah, who, who can <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Just so, just a guy. Uh, I, I mean, can that's dope. generally sing on key. You know what oh, I mean? So that that's that's several degrees uh, <laughs> more skilled than I am. Like I don't, I would I wouldn't know the keys to sing. And like I was doing, I was just doing like the McDonald's da 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 da. And my wife was like, "Nah, that's the wrong key." I was like, the <laughs> "In fuck? my like, own I'm just, house, I'm just trying to have fun. I can't here, even relax. I'm happy that we got Uber." Uber Eats, <laughs> here you are, throw me under the bus. But yo, uh, um, yeah, I, I, we're going to ask you several questions in regards to your experiences um, with comedy and, and, and a whole variety of things here. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, should we start with, uh, let's go ahead and, and do that then. Yeah, let's get so, into it. So you, st- well, you said you're from SoCal, what part? Uh, do you know Thousand Oaks? Heard of Thousand Oaks. Heard it's, the name. It's Is that like, like Orange a, County or some shit? No, it's Ventura County. Okay. It's, uh, it's a suburb of L.A., but it's like, you know the valley. Mm-hmm. Thousand Oaks is not technically part of the valley, but it may as well be because it's like right adjacent okay. to the valley. Do you guys self-identify as It's valley? culturally okay. the same. And my high school was in the valley. It's it just technically there's a you have to go through a small mountain right. pass to get to the valley that Thousand Oaks is in from the San Fernando Valley, which is the valley. Okay. But yeah, it's it's the valley. So this is like the origin of like, uh, like the, the 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 white, like uh, ditzy white girls that say like all the time. They're like valley yeah. girls. Well, right? the is valley girl the, accent that? has now permeated all of America. Yeah. So and it started when in the '80s where I grew up when when I was that age, mm. you know, when I was a kid, and my sister talked like a full-on valley girl. Mm. And at that time, if if you heard someone talking like that, you knew they were from Southern California. Right. And then, I don't know exactly when it became clear, but at least like 10 years ago, yeah, people, all, all women all over America, younger women all over America, pretty think, much started talking like that. I think we noticed that kind of cultural tide in, in almost uh, 
all regional dialects now. I know for certainly in hip hop, it's like this person is you affecting a southern accent, but they're from right. the Bronx. This person is saying brolic, which is like very much a you know lower east side New York thing, but yeah. they're from mm. you know hella. Hella, you used hella. to hella. You, if someone said hella, you used yeah. to know that for sure they were from the Bay Area, right? I remember I used to talk to people and be like, oh, that was hella tough. Like, are you from the Bay? And it's like, no, but I went to school out there. And yeah. they're like, okay, mm. of course. But now hella, like, soccer moms are hella going to pick up their kids at soccer. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird thing. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't say this earlier, but I'm from Washington State. Oh, yeah. So oh, West awesome. Coast. And um, we've been saying hella, I don't know when it started in, in Cali, but yeah, since like middle school or early high school we was saying hella yeah i mean i was so gonna say like right. i said the bay area but there's a caveat which people from washington and oregon say it too yeah like, yeah. yeah yeah you guys still all the cool from us and shit <laughs> i'm just kidding i but, mean yeah yeah, yeah yeah we we get we got our pops here and there you know we got yeah, some I mean, mix a lot grunge music <laughs> was a yeah, thing. nirvana yeah, yeah. Jimi hendrix pearl jam bruce you know. lee called seattle home right <laughs> jeremy committed suicide in the classroom that that whole thing you guys had that you know you know what i'm talking about benign yeah this is pop art and culture baby we <laughs> like that that's art right there i remember that video that pearl jam video yeah. like the boy you know jeremy spoken drawing pictures of Mountain Time. You don't know Pearl Jam? Yeah, y'all are missing me. All right, man. We're going to have to play some <laughs> I Pearl Jam. I knew the name Pearl Jam. There was a Pearl Jam video game. No, no, no. A video, like a music video that won like video of the year. And the song is kind of basically about a student who's kind of bullied at school, has a, uh, a poor family life. He comes to school and commits suicide. Well, mm-hmm. right? Is that it? In the video, he murders everyone else in the class. Ah, okay. And then I remember at the time, Pearl Yo. Jam. That's did, prophetic. Did, uh, did, uh, it was white kids. Interviews, well, they said. <laughs> Troubled white kids. Yeah, it is based on a real story, but mm. let's just say in the real Jeremy, sure. it wasn't the other kids that he killed. Sure. Gotcha, gotcha. Do you gotcha. think that we should cut out that part where he and I went into that Eddie Vedder nah, kind of man, karaoke you gotta keep moment? No, man, you got to keep it. Because this is a podcast. <laughs> His voice is so crazy. Um, no, I think there was also a Pearl Jam video game. I don't know if it was related to the group or not. But it was like Super Nintendo or something back oh, in the day. I don't know about that one. Because we had the Game Informer subscription. Are you talking about Toe Jam and Earl? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, that was like I'm a jazz about. video game. That was like like they were like in a jazz planet or some shit, right? Okay. I never played it. My brother just had the poster on his wall. He okay. never played either. Toe Jam and Earl. That's one of the best games that's ever come out, according to me. I wish there was a. I might have to check that out. Super Nintendo Pearl Jam video game. You know, you just cleared up years yeah. of like confusion for me because I was hey, like, man. were they that cool that they had a video game? Oh, yeah. Pearl Jam. We but do that here. Well, thank you know, you. the Mega Toe Jam and Earl. You know, yeah. Toe Jam and Earl. It's great. No, they were like two aliens. It was like the first co-op type of games that came out. Damn. Yeah, but okay. I might need to uh, let's, let's, um, let's stop talking about Eddie Vedder and get more into um, uh, comedy and, and doing things um, out here. So. Did you just decide that you wanted to do comedy or did you have any kind of inclination before um, you came to Tokyo? Uh, Yeah, I would say I had an inclination, but not like nothing that I'd ever acted on. Uh, I uh, after I graduated from college, university for non-Americans, I I lived in New York for a few years before moving out to Japan. And uh, I always been a huge comedy fan. Uh, I'm a kind of like a timing was good for me for my age because I was 
in junior high school when Comedy Central became a thing. Ah, okay. Uh, it's a good time. Like before that, in the '80s, when stand up was at its peak of boom, in the, its first its first like real boom mm-hmm. was started in the late '70s and went through the '80s. Uh, but throughout the '80s, like the only stand up you would really see on TV was this show mm-hmm. called Evening at the Improv, which was on Sundays on I forget what channel. But uh, and then there were HBO comedy specials, right? Uh, and that was it. That was the only stand up you would really see on TV. And then you know, on on like the late night talk shows, they right. do little short five, spots on five minute, three yeah, minutes, Letterman or on yeah. on Carson. Uh, but then Comedy Central became a thing right around when I was in junior high in the late eighties, and uh, they started playing up stand up like all the time. And back in the day, before it was just like like six airings of Weekend at Bernie's every day, you know. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, it was like stand up was most of what they showed. And I used to just watch it constantly and like, uh, and I would see the same stand-up clips over and over again and I would learn, you know, I know these routines, but I'd still enjoyed watching them over and over again. Who were some of the first ones that you watched that you enjoyed? People I used to watch way back then were like, like Stephen Wright. uh, Classic deadpan. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch Hedberg. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, who else was back then? It seems uh, a little bit interesting Andrew because Dice Clay, he would never be played on Comedy Central, right? They have to beep everything out. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking I, like I late definitely 80s. saw his stuff, but mm. I don't remember if he was on. I mean, he would have been bleeped out if right. he was on Comedy Central. So they did, they did bleep enough. out some people, sure. but who else? You know, Seinfeld, obviously. Uh, uh, John Stewart was doing stand up. Oh, sure. Back then. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Bunch of Rodney people. Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love Rodney Dangerfield. He's definitely of an earlier generation, right? Right. But I, but I love Rodney Dangerfield. Bill Hicks. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There was all these. There was a bunch of these guys who like never became huge, but used to see them. Um, like Mark Maron used to show mm-hmm. up there. Obviously, he's big now yeah. from podcasting. But right. uh, and this guy's like Fred Stoller. Okay. You would see clips okay. of him on, or, or Norm Macdonald was on a lot. Norm oh, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kinnison. Kinnison was already famous when Comedy Central became a Okay. Yeah, yeah. He got famous in like the mid 80s, maybe. Um, okay. I mean, you know. Anyways. Like, we, we. Lots of guys. Like when I was growing up, we had like, um, we had Comic View, BET Comic View is where I watched most of my comedy growing up. And also Def Comedy Jam was a yeah. thing that my family, you know, we watched. But we also had like these crazy laser disc of like Eddie Murphy How old were you when you were watching Def Comedy Jam with your family? <laughs> Maybe like seven or eight. That's crazy. You know, like, well, you know, we kind of just like we would get around the television to watch like In Living Color. Um, yeah. Mm. As like, well, as, that's like fine. we weren't that's supposed to be watching it. But, that's but yeah, roughly family friendly. Yeah. I remember Def, com- uh, Def Comedy yeah. Jam is, uh, is uh, right. I mean, and it's and not it a was parental advisory. Yeah, Def Comedy Jam, <laughs> uh, especially because that that it's played on HBO, on HBO right? so yeah, like right. they didn't bleep out things. Right, and it right, wasn't like right. Comic View where you know it's like Hamburger. It was like yo, they're really doing burger like, You're right. They're really doing like dick and pussy jokes and real <laughs> yeah, like you know, raunchy. But Hamburger right. was on. Uh, on absolutely, Def Comedy Jam, absolutely. Sure. Those are the type of cats that I was, you know, used to. And then you'd see them on like movies, like Who's the Man or whatever. But yeah, comedy was was a different thing back then. It's it's, it's a whole yeah. different thing now. So, but but you yeah, were first so exposed I, I to comedy with that. Stand up comedy ever since I was you know junior highish age. Just loved it. Watched it all the time. Used to tape you know specials on HBO and just watch them over and over and over again. Mm. And then when I lived in New York, uh, which was in the late 
90s, early 2000s. Uh, That's like a, the best time for New York. Yeah. yeah. Best how, time. How yeah. was uh, MOP Annie up when that dropped? That was about the time you were <laughs> over there. Was it lit? Well, yeah, Giuliani well, had cleaned up the city so much by then, yeah? Yeah. Uh, that was right around when New York was losing its edge. Like, I mean, it was a kind of slow, steady process. But when I moved there in 98, it was really fun. But you could sense that some of the luster was yeah was mm. waning. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah. And also, for, it was a cool time for comedy because it was when... What at the time was called alt comedy, but now is what we just call comedy. Okay. <laughs> All those alt, so-called alt comics back in the in the nineties became who are now the popular comedians. Okay. Like uh, people like Mark Maron or like. Could you explain a, a little bit about what you mean by alt comedy? Yeah. Is it so like, like a in the sensibility. Yeah, in the eighties and throughout the nineties, there's like comedy club culture uh, all over America, but in New York too. Uh, were these big comedy clubs and comedians play these big comedy clubs and they have to like kind of appeal to a, a broad spectrum of audience uh, and so the material is for lack of a better word kind of not as edgy as not as yeah, universal yeah it's more it's it's a little safer you mm. might say it's a little hackier uh and then in the 90s, uh, there's uh, some comics which w were interested in trying trying to be more, uh, trying to, you know, play with what you could do in stand-up comedy and, and talk about topics that, you know, you wouldn't talk about in a mainstream mm -hmm. comedy club. Uh, or be more experimental with it. They started doing stuff, and then this alt scene blew up. And, you know, then all the, all the famous comics sure. now came from that scene, really. Um, well, not the younger generation now, but the ones who are famous. Sure, so. you're Patrice O'Neill's, Bill Burr, and these yeah, Bill cats, Burr, so Louis C.K., uh, even John Stewart to a degree. Okay, Louis sure, C.K. Right, for sure. Right. Yeah, uh, Patton Oswalt, like yeah. uh, Janine Garofalo, uh, Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman. Yeah. I mean that that kind of whole. Um, I guess it would like the generations in comedy are a little bit different than something like musical generations, right? I think it's like uh, generations of like the WWF, WWE. Maybe, yeah. You got like the attitude generation and, you know, sure. so on and so well, forth. Well, comedy like, is weird because it's like there's always, there's a steady influx of new people just gradually over time. And so like the older comics will kind of mentor the young younger comics. Mm. And then that process keeps like kind of repeating itself. Sure. So it's like the generations aren't super distinct. They kind of bleed into each other. Mm -hmm. Sure, it's rare that somebody just comes along and becomes super huge overnight, too, right? Like, yeah. right. Dame Cook doesn't just become like this crazy, super popular right. comedian or Carlos Mencia. They actually have to yeah. work the circuit for a long Hustling. time before they yeah. ever yeah. make it. It's not like Eddie Murphy's an exception. Sure, uh, sure. Chappelle came up really quick too. Uh, sure, he was, uh, I mean, they both I mean, started really young. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but but Chappelle started getting like. Robin Hood Men in Tights like really early into his right. career. He was super young when he was already on like that. Yeah. He yeah. started, what was it, like high school? Yeah. He I, started I heard he was like 14 years old. Yeah. yeah. 14, 15 years old. His mom was driving him. Mom was grandma. cool as hell. I, apparently. Yeah. So. I, got a, I got a question for you. Yeah. A lot of the big and good stand-ups that I know, like the Joe Rogans, Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle, you know, people of that cloth, Patrice O'Neill and so on and so forth, they're from the East 
coast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard some people say that the East Coast lifestyle is a little bit harder. You know, it's it's colder or whatever they say. So it just like builds a different kind of attitude. And that's why a lot of these big comments are from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. In your experience and within your travels, have you noticed East Coast people are more funny than Midwest or Western people? <laughs> or is there really no that that's just kind of like a hearsay? Um, it's a tricky one. Like, uh, there's definitely an attitude that goes along with the Northeast, specifically New York and Boston. Uh, and, you know, adjacent areas, too. Uh, that kind of attitude, you know. Right, right. Uh, I, I know your listeners can't see me, but I did a little like. He did an attitude thing. Yeah, right? he, he got yeah. his shoulders up in it. Yeah. <laughs> little neck weave. Yeah. There was a threat of violence with that one. <laughs> but, um, uh, and that's a certain type of humor. And, and I feel like that's a culture that humor is a big part of like New York Italian culture. It's mm. a big part of Irish Boston culture. Ball busting. Yeah, ball busting, which we don't have in the, like in LA. The, like, if you see like someone from New York and someone from LA meeting for the first time, the New York person's instinct is to like bust bust their balls to like as an expression of like let's be friends or something you like that. You bust the balls to bust the ice. Yeah. Mm. But uh, uh someone from LA might be like, "Oh, what what this I don't yeah. think he likes me. What's the problem?" Yeah. Uh, so aggressive. What did I do? What did I do to offend him? Yeah. <laughs> but uh but that said, I don't think that like any area is more likely to produce funny people. Sure. I feel like there's, you know, like Jim Gaffigan is very Midwestern, but mm. he's very mm. funny mm. in his very Midwestern way. There's tons, obviously tons of comedians come from the West Coast, too. It's, it's kind of um, like music. Like you're going to get a variety of different types of people's experiences right, expressed right. through yeah. their, their art or in this case, like through their comedic art. Yeah, so, I think yeah. there are certain cultures that humor is kind of a very integral integral part of the culture uh tends to be like with like with like white people like the people from catholic backgrounds tend to be more (laughs) and jewish backgrounds whereas protestant people tend to have kind of a more su- like less of a developed <laughs> sure. huh. well they say something like uh, like a lot of comedians like they're they're they've got you know mental health issues yeah. or had traumatic issues and yeah. and the catholic church is really good at you know driving in that <laughs> yeah. guilt they start young yeah. yeah yeah i mean that's a whole part of their their structure but so again that said i think i think funny people can come from anywhere and i think like everyone's funny in their own way and everyone is funny is kind of funny in their own way uh i'm i'm indian from southern california there is no real uh tradition of indian american comedy (laughs) you know um uh but it doesn't matter but you weren't uh performing comedy when you were in new york were you i wasn't i was watching a lot of comedy and i was trying to get the balls to go up on stage like when i lived in new york i used to go to open mic nights sometimes just to watch and i used to like be like i'm gonna go up and do it and then i would i would i I even like wrote some material down um but i just was too terrified never got up to it but that happened when you came to tokyo yeah uh it was a Actually, kind of inspired by a trip I took back home. 
I was, I went back to uh, California just for a visit and I was hanging out with a friend and he invited another friend and his friend was a, uh, an aspiring stand-up comedian. And we went to see a movie and after the movie we were having a bite to eat and the guy who I just met was like, I've got a show coming up in a couple days. Do you guys mind if I run some jokes by you and you can give me your feedback? And we're like, yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. So he ran his jokes by us and we kind of workshopped his set a little bit. You know, I was like, oh, what if you tried this? Or what if you said this? And then um, a couple days later, uh, I ended up going to see the show. And this wasn't like an open mic night. It was a pay, like it was like a, uh, what do you call it? A booked show. Like all the comedians were booked. Okay. To perform at that show. So it's not, it's somewhere in between amateur and professional. These weren't like super pro pros. Right. Um, and basically the show was awful. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you're like, oh, I can do this. Definitely. Yeah. Indefinitely. The, sh- mm. com- the comedians were so bad and they're like people who are doing comedy in LA. And I was like, I could be that bad. Like I could be that shitty. Right. Uh, I, uh, I can fail <laughs> upwards <laughs> too. And then, <laughs> yeah. No, I was just like, if they, you know, if they can get up and be right. that shitty, then I shouldn't worry about right. being shitty either. Right. It, it gives right, you a boost right. of confidence. Yeah. Like, yeah. When I first started, like, uh, emceeing, that's how I felt, too. I was like, oh, these guys aren't very good either. I could just speak rhythmatically in front of all these people as well. Like, yeah. how bad could it go? And yeah. it gives you a real boost when you see kind of where the bar is at. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, so that's dope. And and so shortly after that, you yeah. decided to do your first stand-up set? or Pretty much, yeah. Uh, the other thing that happened that night, I had another epiphany, which was... Uh, the guy, the friend of my friend, went up and did his set. And in his set, he used some of the lines that I'd suggested. Mm. And that feeling was exhilarating, seeing something that I thought of being performed on a stage. Uh, didn't get any laughs. It sucked. Died. <laughs> but still. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, just see, I was like, I, something I created is being yeah. shown to people. Right, you know? oh, that's right. dope. <laughs> Super dope. And then so I think it was almost literally the next day, maybe, I don't know, but then I flew back to Japan and I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was on the plane and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. It's like, oh, we had to do comedy. And then <laughs> and I didn't have a, a paper or pen. So I found this like receipt that I had in my pocket and then I asked the flight attendant for a pen and I started writing jokes on the back of this receipt. <laughs> oh, that's really incredible. That's though. bold, man. A brown yeah. person on a plane asking for a pen. <laughs> <laughs> he had to sure. go there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> invite him to like the, one of the next roast battles. You guys can really get it off together. Oh, man. Look, I'm not, I don't come from a roasting <laughs> culture. I, I would get absolutely torn up in a roast battle. I mean, I wouldn't say I come from a roasting culture, but you know how it is sometimes. Like, sometimes the jokes just got to get off. And some of my f- best friendships are based upon us just consistently talking shit to each other. Well, I mean, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Roasting is just a formalized right. version of ball busting. Right. Right, right, right. So, right. so with, with uh, to, to, to recenter it back to you, starting comedy. So you've been doing comedy in Japan for 14 years, you said? Yeah. And uh, can I you just... tell us a little bit about that evolution, like, in the comedy scene out here? Like when you started versus where it's at now, not just your abilities, but how the, the kind of community has changed. 
Oh, because I, I really wanted to talk about my oh. abilities and how amazing they are. And, uh, well, tell us that, too. Is it one of those <laughs> things like, you, you know, what was a crazy thing is like uh, sometimes when you have a talent that is one that you don't need a lot of things to do. Like if I tell you like, oh, yeah, I, I paint like you're not like oh paint a picture for me right now because i don't have the materials but when it comes to like rapping or comedy Comedy they're like tell a joke funny man yeah kick a verse mc and and so like kick a joke funny man no because i'm not right that's That's whack right that's 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 the worst thing they do to somebody it's the worst and i'm i'm especially bad at it because i'm not one of those like you know, sometimes I'm in a mo- I'm in a mood and I'm like generally funny, but I'm not always like that. Sometimes I'm right. serious. Mm-hmm. There's some people who are, are just like nonstop funny, right? Uh, but I can definitely switch it on when I go on stage mm. uh, because I have to. Yeah, it's prerequisite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, sometimes I get very uncomfortable. Is, has has like the can <laughs> joke die? You know, there used to be like the like tell a joke. It's like two guys walk into a bar and. This is the joke. Like, I don't ever see anybody come with, like, the really canned jokes like that anymore. Is that old dead? You mean, like, street jokes? Yeah, like, like, a, like, a, like a, a joke that, you know, you could tell at any time. So if somebody says, tell a joke, you're like, all right, so a man was watching his wife take a shower, and then this happened, and then... Wait, boom. wait, wait. Can we do that? Do we all know a joke that we can No. Well, I, I mean, I know. I, I, I got, yeah, I got, I got something. Actually, yo, Lex, can I have you scoot back just a little bit? I'm getting some bleed into the mics because we're so close together. Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. But, uh, yeah, I don't have any. uh, I'm I'm really bad at remembering, like, standard jokes, but I have a couple that I remember that I I, like. I I can't even recite rap lyrics, and that's, like, what I primarily listen to all the time. I'm so bad. My memory just doesn't work with language like that for whatever Mm. reason. But, yeah, tell the joke, funny Uh, man. uh, Ah, we were waiting uh, for that to happen. That is that the joke? joke? That was hey, the punchline. That's go. the punchline. This is that edgy class of comedy <laughs> that we were talking about earlier. No, but uh, yeah. Uh, do you really want me to tell a joke? I, I don't. <laughs> I, I I would hate to put anybody on the spot for something like that. But if you have one that you this think is cool to tell, this is not my joke. This is like a a joke, know, right. an old joke. Yeah, tell right. that then. Uh, and but it's also a little bit long. I mean, we've <laughs> we we've been recording for like thirty minutes. Well, I got, I got a short one, so I could go first. Yeah, bust it. Warm it up, and then yeah, you come right. in back cleanup. All right. So uh, mushroom walks into a bar one night. The bartender says, "Get out of my sight." But why says the mushroom? I'm a fun guy. Uh, mm. Yeah. At first, with your <laughs> with your kind of vocal inflection, I thought you were gonna hit us with some real like dolomite type of bars. You know what I mean? <laughs> like really give us like a limerick. You know what I mean? Like mushroom no, that walks good. into a bar. Right. <laughs> yeah, I get it. No, that was good. I get. The, I've yeah, actually it heard wasn't that intended one. to be funny. It was yeah. just that's good. That's yeah. just that's like joke. good. Like then this is not like to denigrate it. Like this is a good elementary school yeah. style joke, yeah. the kind you tell yeah. your friends in school. And uh, yeah, yeah. Which exactly. by the way, I've actually got one of those. Yeah, a horse walks into a bar, <laughs> and the bartender says, "Why the, the long, long face?" face. Hey. That's like the only joke that I know, <laughs> but I like it, you know, because. Sarah Jessica Parker. What did oh, one Jesus. lesbian vampire say to the other lesbian vampire? Let's see if we can guess the punchline on this one. What did one lesbian vampire say to the other lesbian vampire? Yes. Um, man, I mean, like, there's blood there. There's some... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I give up. See you next month. Oh. oh that's...
that's pretty I gross. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. <laughs> I mean, like, there's blood, and then there's like menstrual blood. It feels like a whole it's different, a different class. Know. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like I wonder but what the we differences should be, are. I think I sh- I feel bad saying that was gross. We want to be positive, Body comedy positive, positive yeah, space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Want to be positive about. Uh, menstruation s- about uh, lesbianism and about vampirism. Yeah, I, I want, want to. Uh, I want all of our listeners. To undead know that we got s- feelings. They got. They should. Yeah. You know, we we support. You know, all of the LGBTQIA plus community as well as the free bleeders. Free bleeders. Oh, yeah, I've actually had this really terrible experience. If I can go on a tangent really quick. So I got onto the train, Fukutoshin line, and I'm getting ready to go out for my night in Shibuya. Hey. And I see that there's an empty seat. So I spy that seat and I say, I'm going to sit upon that seat. But there's a little Manifest spot there, destiny. right? It looks like a wet spot. It looks like, you know, because of the seat cushion, it could be a drop of water. So I press my finger to it like an idiot. And as I pull my finger up, I can tell immediately that this is probably some blood. And luckily, I carry a bunch of wet naps, so I Bam. immediately wipe that off. But that is one of the more gross experiences that Man, I've had in Tokyo. That would that would damage me for a few minutes. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. I went out and I drank this, you know, the memory away for <laughs> the a pain bit. away. Yeah, but it's still it's it, still it, sits there. It could have came from two places too. Don't don't rule out hemorrhoids. Put some respect uh, on hemorrhoids. Well, you just made it much worse, actually. Hey, man, you know you got to face reality. Wait, which is worse? I don't. I I, th- I feel I like I would say hemorrhoids is worse yeah. than menstrual blood. Yeah, menstrual, menstrual blood. blood. That's regular. Hemorrhoids yeah. is hemorrhoids. That's is a like, unique issue. Imagine just that whole but, area. But it was a lot. And so. again, I I'm I'm trying to be body body pos- positive here. Yep. Um. I, I feel like hemorrhoid blood is kind of just like regular blood because it's just like a. A tear in your skin mm. in, in a sensitive area, that's, whereas that's menstrual a, blood is like all sorts of. It's got like the uteral lining, yeah. <laughs> all the globs and gloops and. Am I gonna have to cut this got, out? This is, not, <laughs> this is this get cut out? No, is this too disgusting? I'll just have to put like a warning on this, like a trigger warning. I don't episode. care if you cut yeah? this part out. <laughs> no, no, no. I f- I'm fine with it. It's gonna stay. I don't cut anything out anymore. But yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah, is. Yeah. This is uh, it's got a very really, man. I, I really by, affecting I stand my by what I'm saying. Yeah. It's got a very specific odor. You know. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Maybe we should pause on the jokes then for 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 a minute. Well, well, homeboy, ne- we, Vin- yeah, I yeah, never yeah. got the okay, joke. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Here's my joke. Uh, it's very long, and I apologize in advance. I'm ready. So there's two. Uh, brothers in a village in Ireland. They're super close. They've grown up their whole lives together in a small village in Ireland. Uh, and uh, when they're grown-ups, they, they work in uh, a local mine, and every day after work, they always go to the pub, and every day they each order a pint of Guinness. Then it so happens that their family falls on hard times, and they have to figure out their own way through life so they split up and move to other to separate towns and but they decide to make a pact that we're going to be far away but let's still always drink a pint of guinness for each other so one brother moves to another town and every day after work he goes to his local pub and he orders two pints of guinness takes one sip from one takes one sip from the other and when the bartender first sees us he says, I'm sorry, but I can't help but notice that you're drinking your Guinness in, a, in an odd fashion. And he goes, oh, it's just I have a promise with me, brother. He's far away, so I always order a pint of Guinness for the two of us. For the two of us, And I drink one sip each at a time for each of us. He said, oh, well, that's actually quite sweet. 
time passes, this guy gets known in his town, and uh, and everyone knows that he always drinks these two pints of Guinness. One day, the guy comes in the pub looking very forlorn, and he goes up to the bartender and he says, I'll have one pint of Guinness, please. Bartender pours him one pint of Guinness. The guy goes and sits down and very morosely starts sipping his Guinness. The bartender goes, Listen, Seamus, I don't mean to pry, but I just wanted to say I'm really sorry about your brother. And Seamus says, Oh, no, it's not like that at all. It's just that I quit drinking. Hey. I feel like I feel like I got... Do I have like a... a s- hey. <laughs> that, is not, that is not appropriate. <laughs> Subvert expectations. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> all right. All right. Shouts out to the accent, by the way. Yeah, uh, I noticed how you yeah. freaked it right there. That was convincing. That was really uh, dope. I uh, that's a, uh, it's like a cute joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's wholesome, wholesome. Even though it's right about there. like horrible alcoholism. Right. Yeah, two right, pints a day, right, man. That's right. that's pretty heavy. Uh, not whack when I was drinking. Two pints a day was just fine. Man, that makes one of us. I was living a different I life. I mean, it's just a pint, right? Am I the only one that uh, a pint used is, to drink uh, two pints? A day? I, yeah, four I, cups, I didn't right? Wanna, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. No, I'm no, no. Hold up. A pint yeah. is a no, liter, just like, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like a bottle that's, of water. That's, it's like, yeah. that's four cups. No. A pint, like a pint is, is a, like single cu- a single cup of... N- a single glass of beer. Hold up. A pint is a You're little like a, less than this. Right. Right. I'm fucked up. You're thinking like 40s. Like two 40s. <laughs> <laughs> like a gallon. All right. So there's four quarts in a gallon. Have, so it's like... Man, I had my I first have two 40 40s experience. of Guinness, please. Yeah. Two 40s of Guinness. I had oh, my first 40 experience when I was in, going to college. Oh, wow. Um, you started late. Man. I had mine at like 15. Look, I, I started... Real alcohol. Well, that's why you first, don't drink anymore. Yeah. Maybe. I had my first maybe. sip, <laughs> I think, when I was 18. Okay. But um, I was in college. I went to a house party, and I was like, you know what? Shit, man. I've been listening to rap my whole life. Motherfuckers talk about drinking 40s. Pass me that OE charcoal filter. Exactly. <laughs> no doubt. So I got it. I'm at a house party with my 40, drinking it. You know, I was probably dancing a little something. White girl. She's a friend of mine. This didn't ruin our friendship. She bumped me, and she caused my 40 to fizz over. Mm. I lost about a quarter of my 40 on someone else's carpet. That's mm. 10. Quarter of a 40. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, no, lo- no. I lost yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost a 10. <laughs> I lost a 10 piece. Mad. And 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 you know, it kind of soured my whole 40 experience. Yeah? Yeah. But I thought the so story was going girls. somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I like, thought it was you like, you're you're new to drinking. And you think, oh, I listen to all these rappers, so right. I'm going to drink a 40, and you down a 40, and you're so not prepared bu- for what yeah. it's going to do to you. So I'll nah, man, I've always been able to hold my liquor. That was busted well, a cap in her ass. Day one. You know what I mean? Don't ever step on my sneakers either. I, I don't know. I remember <laughs> the vibes back then, man. I remember the vibes. Like, uh, we like we we actually did Edward 40 Hands. I don't know where we heard about it, but it was kind of before <laughs> it permeated through, like, popular culture. But our number one way of drinking was 40s until I was, like, man, 24 or yeah. something like I that. I started yeah. with shots and mixed drinks. Yeah. I only I, ever well, drank we, 40s when I lived in New York just for practical reasons. Yeah. Just sure. So it's easy. cost effective. Yeah. yeah, and you brown bag and you yeah. can walk around and Yeah. This was definitely. back when you didn't used to get citations for brown bags. Right. The, the good old days. Yeah, the good old the days. The good old until you moved to Japan and then you could drink at the right. Koban. Yeah. Like, with the police officers. Shoot the shit with the police. Yeah, yeah. while you're drinking. 
Or, I, I do have a couple questions that I wanted to get that were specifically We didn't talk based. about comedy. We, we, we haven't. We haven't talked. <laughs> and, and the episode is actually going a bit long, but I do want to get some of these these questions off, right? So you perform in both languages. So you're fluent yeah. in Japanese to a degree in which you can understand some of the nuances of their comedy. Right. Could you tell us your general thoughts on Japanese comedy? Um, yeah. Stand up. Stand up. Okay. Not well, like variety show, you know, you like fat people gag, jumping on the like g- a gag kind of yeah, comedy. Like actual yeah. stand up. Okay, right. So the main kind of comedy in Japan is manzai, which is two guys, right? So stand up as we know it in America isn't really a thing in Japan. It exists to a very slight degree, but it's True. not like popular where, you know, where one person stands up and does comedy. In Japan, it's manzai, which is two guys. So that's the main form of comedy in Japan. It's hugely popular. It's like vaudeville. It co- I think it comes originally from mm-hmm. the same place that vaudeville comes from. Uh, two guys on stage, they have clearly defined roles. One is called the boke, and one is called the tsukomi. The boke is the, the wacky, crazy, maybe like the fool, basically. Mm-hmm. And then the tsukomi is the guy who's meant to like, you know chastise or reprimand sure. the fool <laughs> yes it's a very uh, very uh kind of broad description general description uh so it's very different in style from uh from you know stand up in english-speaking countries america uk wherever mm-hmm. uh it's much more character based um although you the thing about stand up is there are no real rules to what is stand up as long as it's a person on stage trying to make you laugh, mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. You can sing songs, you can do one-liners, you can tell stories from your life, you can talk to the audience. Right. Um, uh, but certain, you know, things have developed over time as being what standard stand-up is, and manzai is quite different from that. It's... Uh, Usually the two guys... It's like almost like skits. The two guys right. do a little skit with each other. Um, are you asking so me if I think it's funny? Well, no, I just... <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate you laying that out. Like, I, I, I'm a bit I'm a bit aware of that. You know, there's guys like Sanma, and then he's got, like, Jimmy, who has some type of uh, mental inability. I don't even know what the disability. Um, and so, like, Jimmy is kind of like the, the stupid guy, and Sanma's like, oh, my God, like, what did you do? You peed in the girl's bathroom? Like, oh. And then the crowd goes wild. But, um, and again, that seems very much rooted in, like, this vaudeville kind of classic idea of what comedy was. It never yeah. evolved here in the way that it has in the United States, which it's evolved, you know, generationally. It's much different now right. than it was right. even in, like, the 70s, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, like, th- is there, with this kind of advent of um Stand up more traditionally American stylized comedy happening here. It, are you seeing more Japanese comics in the tradition of the American style, or it, sh- well, is it proper to call it the American style? Like, is that I where it comes from? Like America West, Western style stand up comedy. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Sure. Um, uh, I not on TV really, but like, so. I'm in a group that does, uh, well, in the before times, we did uh, regular stand-up shows in Japanese, mm-hmm. or, and all of the performers are non-Japanese people, but what we're doing is not Japanese-style comedy. We're mm-hmm. doing Western-style stand-up in Japanese. Right. Uh, and uh, 
part of our goal is to try and int like introduce that style to Japanese audience and make it more popular. Um, but we're not, you, we're a very small okay. group. We don't, we, you know, our audiences aren't huge. We, our shows have gotten better and better over the years. We've been doing this one show for about two, three years, two, maybe three years now. Okay. And, um, and we've all gotten better and better at it. And the, you know, the shows all generally go pretty well. But so it's, not it's received well. It's received well, but to a small, you know, it's not like we get huge crowds. Right. Um, I'm sorry. No worries. Um, one thing I noticed with Japanese culture and language is they don't get a lot of our sarcastic, metaphorical yeah. um, way of speaking. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when I'm speaking Japanese, I'll make a just a sarcastic joke. And oftentimes it'll be taken literally. Yeah. Mm. So when you guys were kind of working out the kinks in your Western style sets here, was that an obstacle for you to try to get the nuances to translate correctly yeah well okay yeah it's an interesting question like when we first started doing it um there were a few of us all, almost all the comics who were doing it were comics who had been performing in english and were all native english speakers well actually yeah all native english speakers. no that's not true there are some like europeans and stuff who are not native english speakers but at any rate um uh when i first started trying to do stand-up in japanese my first thought was, I'll take all my English material and just translate it into Japanese. But basically, none of it worked. Because mm. so much of my material was like language-based, based on like words and word choice and right. and, and the way of talking, like Cultural accents nuance and, and things like that. Yeah. Like, they just didn't translate. Like, when you translated into Japanese, there, was no, there wasn't a joke there anymore, mm. you know? Uh, but then there are other guys, like guys that I'm friends with who, who still work, uh, who, are st who are doing comedy in English and Japanese, uh, who can do their English set and just translate into Japanese, and it works. Because their material is like that. Their material is more, like, for example, funny stories that happened in their life, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so that can work. But then over time... I've noticed my material has gotten gotten more kind of universal in that sense. So lately I'm able to translate my material into Japanese a little bit better. But originally when I started doing it in Japanese, I had to come up with an entire new act in Japanese. And that was tricky because at first I I felt like I kept falling into the trap of like doing what i knew they wanted to hear mm -hmm. which was more japanese style gags you know um and i still do that to some degree when i do japanese shows but uh but less than before uh so your goal comedy, is to yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry so your comedy takes like a almost completely different structural form when you perform it in japanese is it like a like a different sensibility of humor that you're writing for, or is it just you have to restructure the way you phrase things? Um, yeah, well, it, it, this was more in the beginning, but yeah, um, I... Yeah, in the beginning, it was all structure. It was style. Um, I It was much broader because it's very... <laughs> it's very easy to want to try to please the audience, you know, when you, especially with comedy, like 
audience laughter is the drug that you're constantly mm. after. Mm. And it's like the crack hit. And when you get it, you're like, oh, okay, do that again. You know, like right. <laughs> your brain just automatically learns that, you know. Uh, and so when we're doing Western style stand up to a Japanese audience in Japanese, they don't always, they're not always on our vibe right away. So there's a tendency to be like, this isn't working. I don't want to do this. Mm. As opposed to what we should do, which is like, no, let's get them on board. You know, <laughs> like, sure. let's get them on board with what we're doing, mm -hmm. which I think is what we've figured out how to do over time. Um, uh, but in the beginning, yeah, I was way broader, uh, wacky, goofy. <laughs> I mean, I'm still pretty goofy, right. but like, uh, but, and you know, some of my goofy material is the same in English and Japanese. I love to do stuff with accents and, and the way people talk. So in, when I do English stand up, I'll do, you know, bits about like sc Scottish people, you know, mm. so I can do the way they talk. And, but when I do it in Japanese, I'll do like different ways people can talk in Japanese. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Um, Localization. Or yeah. Or like, yeah. Funny things that I notice in the Japanese language that, a Japanese person might not notice, you know. Oh, okay. Um, I love language-based stuff, basically. And so that works. So it's, that's kind of a similar style, but the Japanese bits wouldn't work in English because they're about Japanese, and mm. the bits about Scottish accents wouldn't work in Japanese. Mm. <laughs> gotcha. But well, they're the same kind of joke, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's interesting to me because I don't watch... Uh, my ja my level of Japanese is nowhere good enough to really follow comedy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Especially when it comes to you know pop cultural references that are in there and things that I just haven't picked up in the language myself. So it's interesting to hear it come from a person who's trying to work both styles there. Yeah, and and uh, I'm I'm sure that it's got to be strange. You know the way that language works in general is it, yeah. it completely informs a culture's um approach to uh, or experience with the world and what they feel that the signs and things of that nature s stand for and how how to convey them so okay man. yeah cool. and here's another interesting thing that's re sort of recent last couple of years um i've noticed that the idea of stand-up as we know it western style stand-up has started to become known amongst japanese people uh and people are starting to get interested in it and I've noticed even some Japanese professional comedians are starting to want to try. We've had some approach us to be like, I want to do stand-up comedy. What's that all about? Right. <laughs> How do I stand-up comedy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but uh, uh, one thing that I've noticed is I think Netflix has had an influence because now when comedians do shows on Netflix, they're subtitled in Japanese. Mm. And it's the first time really that English stand-up has been subtitled in Japanese, so Japanese yeah. people can watch uh, it. Especially the, the, the quantity, the amount yeah. of stand-up available to them right. now. Yeah. Right. So now yeah. there's people who are like, don't speak English, but they're fans of Chappelle, you know? Mm. Um, and so that's created a new interest. Uh, yeah, we just had a, 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 a pretty popular Japanese comedian approach us because she wants to do a show. She oh, wants to sorry. go to America and do stand-up. Uh, so she wants to do a show with us in Tokyo. Oh, that's tight. To try and film it for some TV show that's like following her, 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 you know, her struggle to sure. do stand up in America. And there've been a few other Japanese comedians who've been going to America the last couple of years and doing stand up in English there. But w a lot of them, when they do stand up, 
it's a little different. Like the way they do it is kind of Japanese. You know what right. I mean? Like, there might there might be they'll usually in, wear something crazy or wear a funny wig or something. A or, gimmick or have like some like real. A distinct persona or character. It's like people you see on variety shows here. Yeah, they yeah. All, a lot of them have like their little gimmick, their little thing. Like, oh, this one, this one, this guy's a crossdresser. Yeah, mm-hmm. or this guy's the intellectual with glasses, mm-hmm. or this person has like a mohawk or something. They all have like often they'll have their little thing or their lane. It's more performative than it is like pers- interpersonal. Yeah, like- I think that's a real basic distinction between popular comedy in Japan and popular comedi- comedy in the West is like stand-up comedy is very personal. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, the person on stage is, I mean, it's to some degree, sometimes to a large degree fake, mm-hmm. but it's like you're, you're talking to each other. Like mm-hmm. the comedian is ch- chatting with the mm-hmm. audience. Right. 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 Uh, whereas, uh, Japanese manzai, especially, and other Japanese comedy, it's yeah, very much. It's a performance. It's a performance, uh, and it's very precise. Usually, mm. it's like mm. they've mm. got a very precise script, and um, and you know wh- what they do is not easy. Mm-hmm. It's like it's got it's a very rapid dialogue, and like has to be. And there's a lot. It's right. a, lot, a lot of motion involved, right. and like high energy. Be, I mean, it's it's yeah. art too. You know, they're refining it. They're working this this craft of theirs, but it's just. It's very different from the Western. Approach yeah, I think to there's it. a there's a tendency for like, uh, especially foreigners, Western expats, Western uh, foreigners in Japan, to poo-poo Japanese comedy. Mm. I think like most foreign foreigners, Westerners in Japan think Japanese comedy is stupid, hacky, and yeah. gimmicky <laughs> joke. Uh, and, and I think to a degree, there is some of that. Like especially al- what you see on TV, I find to be very. Middle of the road, lowest common denominator, mm. because literally it's like trying to appeal to everybody. Sure. In like, like lowbrow art, like yeah. The here, widest here's one thing that I think is interesting: like comedians who are famous in Japan are popular with little kids, mm. whereas sure. stand-up comedy in America is mostly for adults. Yeah, that's a that's a very yeah. good observation. Yeah. Um, but that said, I think there are some professional comedians that you see on tv who are really funny and like really smart and doing like interesting things mm-hmm. with the form and then also i haven't d- done a lot of this but if you do go see live comedy in japan like live japanese comedy uh like not on tv it can be a lot more interesting it can be quite dirty you know uh which you don't see on tv in japan for the most of course part. Mm, right. uh and then you know, people kind of might even get political if you go see like a l- local live show. Uh, so can't, there is interesting things. There happening. has, I mean, there has to be um, a, a relation between the type of comedy that is uh, most popularized here in the public eye versus what people find funny in places where they can express themselves more freely. Like the True. the government is going to like. I, I read an article the other day that this person was talking about the benefits of smoking marijuana and the police came into their house and checked their phone and things like really they could not express that idea not that they were smoking trees but that they liked the idea of being able to smoke trees right and and so there has to be a a certain aspect of the the censorship that comes with being on mainstream media here that affects the way that people perceive comedy and approach it if you want to be successful 
right? I, can that I just we, point we out that, that. I, I'm a little uncomfortable being from California and you talking about smoking trees? So okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would I would never do such a thing. <laughs> no, that's like I was making a that poor taste wildfire joke. No, I oh, <laughs> man, oh there it hold is. On, man. There it is. There it is. That's a good. <laughs> all right, we're going to give it a plot drop for that. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. No, but 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 really what I'm trying See, to say is that tells me that that's not a good joke because neither of you. No, that's very that's that was too intellectual for us. Maybe you need I was maybe you need to set it up a little bit more, you know? Like I was that. just about to say speaking of it's too intellectual. A lot of the the I don't watch a lot of Japanese TV first of all, but yeah. the manzai stuff that I do see on the the variety shows it often comes across to me as kind of juvenile comedy. Yeah. Like it's yeah. kind of childish and kind of, which makes yeah. sense because you said a lot of them, their fan base is largely children. Well, yeah. it's like if you look at uh, uh, TV shows where they have c comedians performing, they're performing in front of an audience. The audience is a lot of the time almost 100% teenage girls. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like their main, but then their goal is to be able to appeal to everyone mm -hmm. of right. all ages and all genders. And uh, so it's, you know, it's hard to be interesting if you're trying to make everyone. Right. <laughs> you know, that's the it, it's um, what does it say? If you if you try to please everybody, there's there's some kind of intellectual saying about trying to please everybody. If you try to please everybody, you'll please everybody but yourself or something like that. Mm. You know, something along those lines. I, I just find it kind of fascinating. My, my, my thoughts on uh, Japanese comedy, from what I can ascertain from the popular comedians, it, it does seem very juvenile. It doesn't seem very edgy. It doesn't seem, um, it, it, in a way, it, it is a radical practice to put yourself out in, in, in the public space and say something that people might find offensive or say something that is deeply personal to you. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a really radical thing to do. And I don't see any of that really so much in Japanese culture period like it's rare that you hear people talk about politics even it, but but within certain segments of subculture out here those practices are a little bit more accepted and particularly um in hip-hop practice out here those are some of the kind of most uh, aggressively non-conformist type of subculture that comes with that and i and i i the relationship between comedy and, and rap music and hip-hop music culturally of course there's like all these things that are connected but i feel like even more so in the last 20 years that intersection is becoming a little bit more pronounced like the the roast battles now that are happening yeah. are, are are very interesting to me but the thing about comedy is like rap is very performative right yeah. you have a rap name i am this person this persona i talk about these things and a lot of it might be considered like braggadocious or um you know exaggerations of your ability to do things like anybody else but when it comes to comedy it's almost like the inverse they use their regular names a lot of times the comedy is self-deprecating or deeply mm. personal that is not something that makes them appear to be like better than you know like it, but but I, i'm curious about that that kind of <laughs> intersection there you know well you yeah. know in in japanese there's the saying tatemae to honne i don't know if, you, if you've heard that before no i'm not familiar but with it, it basically means like tatemae is the front that you put up for society oh, right and then the honne is your true self so everybody in japan they're walking around with these fabricated fronts to, to come off as this upstanding normal quote-unquote citizen 
but in reality, they're just hiding their true selves. And I think in Western culture, we're more comfortable being more our real selves. I'm not, I'm not saying we never front, but the percentage of fronting is a lot less where we come right. from. I mean, comedy, like uh, Western comedy has changed a lot in that regards, too. You know, uh, there was performative comedy like Andrew Dice Clay. And then there was this this more popularized, like self-deprecating, honest personal comedy that's that's, you know, Richard Pryor was doing that, you know, mm. talking about his drug yeah. usage, but what Louis C.K., Mark Marin, yeah. even Bill Burr, yeah. kind of to a degree, do. It's very much yeah. like I'm just this fucking guy, and here's my experience. Yeah, and and that's where like it's different than. Yeah, but yeah. again, this goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning about like how there's not th- like one, s- there's not really exactly one style of stand-up, and mm. and like the stand-up world now has room for both like there's there's a you know kind of aggressive in your face comics who are you know maybe more you know braggy or boastful mm-hmm. uh and then there's the self-deprecating style right. and there's room for both of those right, styles right. uh it's interesting with the roast battles because you see com- comedians of both styles in those shows and uh and also, like I, I do the roast battles in yeah, Tokyo. Yeah, I've, I've stuff. seen, I've seen, I think two of your roast battles. Yeah, they're really fun, and I didn't yeah. want to do them at first because my style of comedy is self-deprecating, mm. and and you know, I, I generally don't like to <laughs> insult <Right>. people. <laughs> I'm a nice and that's like guy. the whole. No, thing but about I'm it. also not good at like coming up with. I don't feel like in just normal life I'm good with like put downs. Yeah, just I wish I was better. Quip, you yeah. know what I mean? Look yeah. at your face. Um, yeah. Uh, so I was initially resistant, but the guy who runs the show was like, yeah, yo, come on, just do it. So, uh, so I, I tried it and I was like, oh yeah, I like this. <laughs> I thought you were really good. I saw the Thanks. one with you and, um, I think he's, he's from some part of Africa, but I saw that one. I watched that one last Evans night. Evans from Kenya. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that one was, was really funny. That was, both of you guys were hilarious and yeah. I, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. So. I lost that one. Yeah, <laughs> I hate to bring it up, but I, I, I watched that one like. But I actually lose. I've I've lost more often than I've won, but I don't really care. Like basically, for a roast battle, I as long as uh, the audience laughs at my jokes, I'm I'm happy. Mm. That's my goal. The, it, sure. It's not a real competition, right? And it's a it's a mistake for the participants to get invested in who wins or loses. Uh, it's I mean, re- it's a show. It's yeah. a show to yeah. entertain the audience. Right, yeah. right, right. I mean, there there's there's some segments of the comedy circuit that are really competitive about that stuff, and I'm sure people are like, ah, you know, I'm I'm a champion. I destroy everybody. Just like there is like a whole subculture of rappers who are specifically battle rappers. And right. Yeah. That is their entire career, and yeah. so I'm sure there's people that do that. Yeah, and but, if you you're know. like in L. A., the comedy store, or wherever, mm. like, if you get a reputation as like a killer roast battler that translates to you're really good at writing jokes. You know what I mean? Uh, right. Um, so I- in that sense, it's a badge of honor in Tokyo. We're not, it's just a small little scene with mm-hmm. a bunch of people who are all friends, you know, so we don't, there's no <laughs> sure. Right. It's have you, have you noticed a jump in your ability to talk shit since you started doing roast battles? Like just if you're with your friends or you're on the street, does it translate into real life like that? I don't know if I've noticed that. I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like, well, I said I'm not good at like put down and stuff. Every now and then I, I will do a little, I'll do a little funny insult, funny in quotes, insult to a friend if I think of it. 
uh, and that hasn't really changed. Like sometimes sure. I'll be a little mean mm-hmm. yeah. uh, if if I think of a good idea and I'm like right I have on. to say this right now. Right, right. right, right. <laughs> well, um, I did I did want to talk about cancel culture with you, but I think we'll do that in part two. We'll start off talking a little bit about our thoughts about cancel culture and and some more topical things about Tokyo. But uh, right now, let's go ahead and put a stop to part one of the podcast and let's do some social media drops, please. Lex, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Sage of Stone. That's Sage, S-A-G-E, of Stone, all one word. Uh, Recently, reluctantly, started doing Twitter. Same name as the IG. And, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. You can check my IMDb if you want to see my body (laughs) of work. IMDb. (laughs) Go to IMDb, Alexander W. Hunter, the only one on the website, so there's no confusion. I made sure of that. (laughs) And that's where you can see me. Bet. And you, Vinay? Uh, well, I mean, I'm technically on Instagram, so you can find me there, but I barely, I have such a low social media profile. But, but search anyways, for you on, uh, there's several videos of you on YouTube as well. Yeah, you can find, uh, I should really put some more recent ones on. My YouTube channel has, the videos are super old, but you can find me on YouTube, just Vinay Murthy with no spaces, V-I-N-A-Y-M-U-R-T-H-Y, and that's also my Instagram name. So, uh, yeah. Cool beans. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We're going to go out to this song right here by Soul Dope 95, who's provided the musical bed for this entire episode. This is called Clouds, and it is on his Smoke Break mixtape. So here goes. It, receiving it as a gift and stealing it. Nothing but the best and later for the garbage.